If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I probably wouldn't be driving to work on a Sunday at 6.50, 8 a.m. Yeah, I'm driving to work on a Sunday, but guys, it's it's just a p.m. and it's not that hard. But I had to get out of bed, and I didn't want to. And if I had a million dollars, I probably could have stayed at home. But I don't. So I'm driving to work. And what I thought I'd do is go over my plan of attack for this maintenance. It's a cool little Liebert setup. A couple Lieberts with a uh, couple of dry coolers and some pumps. So I was just going to go through... Uh, the system and, and what I check and, and how I do my maintenance. Coming up on this episode of the HVAC Know-It-All podcast, I'm your host, Gary McCready. So I grabbed a coffee, a little place called the Red Onion. All right, I walked in. Actually, really good food. And some of you guys that are local to me uh, may have passed by it a bunch of times or seen it or even maybe even eaten there from time to time. But I walk in, I say, uh, could I have a black coffee, please? Lady goes, she gets me my coffee, brings it over, smiles and says, why are you working on a Sunday? And I said, easy, lady. I said, I understand where the attraction may come from. I said, you see me in my uniform, my work truck's outside. I'm obviously an HVAC technician. But I'm a married man. I said, this relationship's going no further than you handed me that coffee. Don't get me upset now. (laughs) Uh, I'm just playing. She was a nice lady. Uh, But guys, listen. Before I move on in this podcast, my last podcast was regarding profanity in the workplace and profanity in general, for that matter. And I used a lot of profanity in that podcast because it had to have that effect. I'm not going to have a podcast about profanity and not use it. You only live once, right? You got to speak your mind. And I've created a platform to do that. So why hold back? Why? You only live once, like I said. But in that podcast, guys, I, I used a lot of profanity in a 10 or 15 minute period. Now that's not something normal that I normally do. In the podcast I said yes, I swear, and I'm not going to deny that I don't. And I swear actually a lot to myself while I'm working. I think a lot of us do that. Um, There's certain customers that I've become friends with that I'm comfortable swearing around. They'll swear around me too. But I don't swear that much in a 10 or 15 minute period. But I do swear, I will admit that, I own up to it, I'll man up to that, and, and anything I, I, try, I say or write, um, I will do my best to own up to all of that, because that's me. And if I, if I can't own it, then why say it? Right? Or why write it, if I can't own it? So, guys, moving forward, you're not going to hear... A ton of profanity in these podcasts because I know some of you guys don't like it. If it slips out, it slips out. There's going to be no beeping, no editing of that. 
whatsoever because it's real life and if somebody says it in real life when you're sitting in front of them there isn't somebody with an edit button beside them right so it's going to play on so anyway guys i'm doing a maintenance this morning on a couple of liebert units all right and i'm actually going to take this headset to the roof when i'm when i'm working on these machines and uh just to get that effect of of me actually working all right, well, we'll see how that goes. But before I get into the room, let me explain to you. It's, it's a server room on the 10th floor. It's not a very big room, but we have two 20-ton uh, Lieberts inside. Each one is two-stage. Each one has uh, two Carlisle compressors, semi-hermetic compressors. And Carlisles are green, and you'll see them a lot in Lieberts. And... I used to work on carriers back in the day. Not so much anymore, but you saw them a lot in carriers as well. So we got two Carlisle compressors in each one, and they're water-cooled Lieberts. But the mixture moving through them is actually glycol. I'm in Toronto. We have to protect that loop from freezing. Okay, and these things get pumped up to the roof. And in Toronto, we could see minus 30 degrees Celsius temperatures easily. We've seen it before and we'll see it again. So we have to protect that loop by adding glycol to it. Okay, so we're going to go through some of these things um, step by step. And uh, enjoy, guys. I'm not going to stop raving about my Testo 316-3. I just found another leak this week on a fairly large evaporator on a CompuWare unit. I posted a video on Instagram and on Facebook. I marked the coil with a slight separation in the fins and I moved the leak detector across back and forth and each time I got to that marker it indicated a leak. It's a great leak detector guys. Check it out. The Testo 316-3. Alright guys, um, I'm standing in the stairwell about to head up the ladder here. I gotta unlock the padlock and this is getting as authentic as it can get because my headset just fell off my head and you guys heard that but I'm gonna keep rolling here because this is real life. This is reality podcasting at its best so I'm unlocking this roof hatch which is uh always difficult to do because you got to wrap your hands around the ladder get the key on the padlock luckily I'm hands-free with this headset so we've penetrated the roof hatch Now I got uh, out of six fans, I got one running at the moment on the dry coolers because it's pretty cold outside today. It's probably, well, it's not that cold, but it, it's chilly. It's probably about 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, when these things were piped in, they didn't put a high spot with a bleeder 
so we could bleed any air that was in the system. So a couple of years ago, I uh, installed an 18-inch uh, black iron nipple, and I extended it up past the height of the dry cooler so we could bleed air on the maintenance. And I keep the cap closed because I don't want it bleeding and potentially leaking out glycol when we're not here. So every maintenance for the last two years, I've been bleeding air. And actually, I'm trying to do it now, and we're not really getting any air out of the system. So we might be good there. But listen, it's, it's weird, and it's very coincidental as I'm talking to you guys. We have no air bleeding today, but I pulled the cap off the air bleeder and I pushed the, the, the little Schrader down and all we're getting is glycol out of the top. So that was a two year process getting air out of this thing. I don't think it was ever bled right from day one because like I said, there's, there's no bleeder up here. There's no high spot with a bleeder. Anytime you have a hydronic system, at the highest point, you always have to have a bleeder on there just to get rid of that air. And if you don't have it and it's trapped, getting it out is not going to be fun. So let's go over to the first dry cooler. Um, I always check the coils. It's horizontal, so you got to get on your uh, you, you got to get on your knees and, and have a look at it. Coils are fine. We clean them every August around that time. I take the panel off and what I do is I inspect the contactors alright inspect the contactors for wear wear and tear and also for any signs of carbon tracking and pitting and I cycle the condenser fans on now let's see here we got uh, the first fan is set for 80 degrees. The second fan is set for just under 90. So basically what happens here, the first fan will come on when the loop temperature gets above 80 degrees. The second set of fans will come on when the loop temperature gets to about 90. So we want to keep that loop below 90 degrees in order to keep that, that heat rejection flowing. So I'm going to cycle on the fans by turning the controllers down. So I set the controllers for 70 degrees because the loop is temperature right now is warmer than that. I've set them for 70, now it's going to try to maintain 70, so all three fans have kicked on on this machine. Contactors look good. I'm going to take an amp draw. These are three phase fans. So we're drawing 1.4 amps on each fan. We look good. Now, also in this dry cooler, I have the controls for the pumps. Two contactors. Each pump has its own contactor. The contactors look good. And there's also a control for a lead lag sequence of the pumps. Right now we're on 
pump number two, all right? Every maintenance I come, I change the lead lag sequence to have equal run times on the pumps. So I'm going to flip this switch now. Okay, we just brought on pump one. Now pump two will be the backup. And what controls the switchover of the backup? There's a flow switch on the outlet of the pumps. The pumps are piped in parallel. So as that piping, the discharge piping of each pump comes together into one, there's a flow switch there. If that flow switch sees there's a problem, if that, if that primary pump dies, that flow switch, it will open up. And after a delay, the control in the dry cooler will recognize that and it'll switch it over to pump two. Now if I come here to the site and I have the switch in the pump one position, but pump two is running, then I know there's been a problem with that switch. So it's very easy to tell. Really good indication. So now I gotta open up the other dry cooler. I gotta check the contactors and I gotta check the, uh, the amperages on that machine. Also, guys, it's a good idea to, if you can, if you, if, if you can shut down the power to the machine, um, to start checking your wiring connections. We usually do that in August um, when we try to clean the condensers. We, we do this, uh, this setup where we, we shut them down quickly and we do some checks on, on some uh, electrical connections and whatnot. I can't shut one of these dry coolers down because it controls the pumps. If I shut that dry cooler down, the pumps will shut off and we'll lose flow downstairs, we'll go off on high head server room, it'll be a disaster. So it all has to be controlled and set up and scheduled. So like I said, we clean the coils in August, and if we have to do any replacement of the contactors and whatnot, we also do that in August as well, unless it's an emergency and we have to do it in between. So that, that is the roof portion. There's some gauges up here as well um, to read the flow at certain points. There's also a small expansion tank um, but like I said, it's not pipe right. The expansion tank should be sitting above the dry cooler, but it's sitting actually below it. And there should be uh, an opening for, to relieve air on top of this expansion tank. Because any, any Liebert system I've seen with dry coolers set up, we have an expansion tank sitting above the dry cooler themselves. And the dry cooler has a way to relieve the air out of the system if there's any air in there. This is a, a weird setup for me. Um, and it's not, it's not the normal way you'd pipe these in. But anyway, I'm gonna go downstairs, guys, and I'm gonna check out some stuff down there. So I consider myself lucky to be one of the first techs to try out Yellow Jacket's P51-870 Titan digital gauge set. It's got an old school feel to it. It's got the gauge and the needle that moves in real time with changing the pressures. It's got a resistive touch screen, it's easy to use, it's compact, it's rugged, it's accurate. Check them out guys, Yellow Jacket P51-870 Titan. So guys, I just came down off the roof and I just played back that last segment there. And like I said, that's, uh, that's reality podcasting at its best. That's what it sounds like when you're working on a roof. The wind's blowing. It's cold, your nose starts running. I mean, some of you guys that don't work in the cold climates don't experience this, but I experience this daily. And I think it's cool to, to listen to a podcast where you actually hear a guy 
working. You hear the wind blowing. You hear him struggling with certain types of things. Now, I didn't really struggle up there too much because I wasn't up there for too long, but it was starting to get a little nippy. So let's just recap what I went through on the roof. Two dry coolers, three fans each. I cycled the fans on to make sure they worked from the controllers, so I'm also checking the controllers at the same time. All right, I checked the contactors for pitting wear, any sort of carbon tracking. I checked the fan, the fan amp draws. They were all good. Okay, I, I checked the coils. I checked the blades of the fans um, for any cracks or, or any kind of wobbling or any kind of imbalance. All right, I switched over my pumps. So I know both pumps are working. I checked the amp draws of the pumps, and I also went to my air bleeder to see if I could bleed any more air out. Now I'm getting all glycol, which is a good sign. That means that hopefully that all the air is gone. I mean, if there's an air pocket downstairs somewhere that eventually uh, gets up to the roof, next time I'm back, I'll be able to bleed that out, no problem. So I've also checked the pump switch over. Uh, one thing I didn't mention on the roof, and I turned the headset off because I just needed to concentrate on what I was doing, is I actually went over to the flow switch, and I actually opened the flow switch up by moving the paddle manually with my hand, and I waited for the time delay to kick in, and the backup pump came on. So I've tested my backup pump uh, failure, basically. So if one pump fails, we're going to bring that other pump on through that controller, all right? So I know that stuff works. Now, why didn't I just shut one of the pumps off to test it? Because that, be, that would be a really good way to do it. Well, I can't today because we have a server room that's running. If I shut one of the pumps off, we're going to stop moving glycol through those machines downstairs. And if I do that, the machines will go off on high head. My room will start to rise. We could have servers shutting down. Just it'll be a disaster. So that's the best way that I can test that pump switchover is by manually pushing that paddle in um, without causing a disaster down in the room. All right. So I'm going to go to the room. I can't wear my headset in the room because um, we got some customers down there and some people working. But one thing that you need to remember, and I know a lot of you guys may work in server rooms or computer rooms, but this room here has a fire suppression system. You don't want that fire suppression system going off while you're working in that room because what it does is it displaces oxygen. So fire can't burn because oxygen is one thing that uh, fire needs to continuously burn. You displace the oxygen, the fire can't burn. So that's what that gas does. All right. Now, we want to bypass that system. So when I'm in there working, we don't have an issue where that alarm will go off and that gas will release. And we don't want the fire truck showing up either. So the customer is bypassing the system for me. And I recommend if any system, any room that you work on has a system with um, fire suppression gas, you, you bypass it. We've had issues in the past where this is years and years and years ago. One of our guys was in a server room. He put a panel back on. Something happened. There was an arc. There was a bit of smoke. He was okay, but the fire system kicked in. All right? That gas released into the room. Now, he, he had to get out of there real quick. Fire truck showed up. It was a whole fiasco. And that gas is not cheap. 
So if you have to re, if the customer has to refill that tank of gas, they're not going to be happy, especially if it was a mistake. All right. So bypass the fire panel if you're able to. Talk to your customer about it. Trust me. Save you time, save you aggravation, and potentially save the customer money in the long run. Guys, German hand tools are the sexy choice these days. I've set up a promo code with KC Tool to save you 10% on your purchases. Go to my website, hvacknowitall.com, and follow the KC Tool link. Click on the icon, follow the link, choose the tool of choice, and use promo code KNOWITALL, K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L, at checkout to save 10% on your purchase. Happy HVACing. So guys, the maintenance inspection is done for today. Now this, I say maintenance inspection because that's basically what it was. We, we did an inspection. Anything that I found today is going to go into a report. It's going to be uh, discussed with the customer. I'm going to give them a call tomorrow, actually. And we're going to talk about it. And if they approve any of the work, we're going to have to schedule a time to go back and, and do the work and follow up. Okay, so what did I do in the room? Well, I checked the filters and I changed the filters. They take four inch filters, 24 by 24 by four, four each in each unit. The filters were changed. I changed the filters roughly every six months, sometimes every nine months, depending, all right? I play it by ear. The belts, the belts in this machine are directly from Liebert. I purchased them directly from Liebert and they're called VT Specials and they're phenomenal. They last way longer than a conventional belt. Trust me on this. They've been in there for about two and a half years now and they look like they could go another two and a half years. We checked the pulleys, the bearings, the fan wheel, the shaft for any play. Okay, we checked all the electrical all the contactors for wear and pitting. All right. Electrical connections. Grab the wires. Give them a tug. Give them a pull. If you feel anything that's loose, repair it. All right. At the time, it only takes a couple seconds to repair a loose electrical connection. These things have humidifiers in them, but the humidifiers have been shut down because the customer years and years ago didn't want any water flowing into that space besides the glycol that's a sealed system the humidifiers in this system are not it's not a sealed system so we have a pan right that fills up with water and the lights shine onto the top of that pan from above that water evaporates and that's how we humidify in that space the customer didn't want that pan filling up with water and causing a potential overflow situation and causing water to spill it onto the floor. So the water was shut off. So we didn't have to check the humidifiers. Um, these things are outfitted with reheats. They're electric heaters. They can be used to heat the room back up if it's cold, but their main purpose, their main purpose is to reheat the air back up during dehumidification. So if we're cooling the room down in the summer and we're trying to get rid of the humidity in that room, if we get to the, the cooling set point, 
the temperature set point of that room and we still need to dehumidify we cannot keep dropping the temperature of the room so we need to reheat the air back up in order to keep the temperature of that room stable so that's what those reheats are for and what what you want to do is those reheats they collect dust you want to burn that dust off of those reheats because if you don't burn it off and they go to start up after a year or so that burning dust can actually cause the fire alarm to set off we don't want that to happen so burning the dust off the heaters on your regular maintenance inspections is a good idea all right also checking the amp draw of the heaters to make sure that they're actually working is also a good idea and that's what we did all right so what else what else did we check the cooling operation we have to check the cooling operation obviously I banged on each stage on each unit ran the cooling now I can tell if these systems are running properly because I have so much experience in this room by feeling the lines you guys might not think that's possible but I'm telling you right now I haven't had gauges on these things very often and every time I go back the rooms at set point we're removing humidity we're cooling the room so I did find a problem on system 2 on Liebert 2 today both liquid line sight glasses were flashing usually the sight glasses are filled 100% filled there was slight flashing on both in the past that's been because of a leak in the system in the past I'm leaning towards that again but we cannot dismiss the fact that it could be a filter dryer partially restricted and we cannot dismiss the fact that it could be a TX valve not working properly we can't dismiss that alright so I need to schedule a time with the customer where I can go back and diagnose these problems properly so we can get to the bottom of the issue the unit's still cooling because we just have slight bubbling it's not an emergency situation so we can go back and schedule a time to do this alright the other thing that I found during this maintenance that we have to schedule up is on system one Liebert one one of the bearings was making quite the howling sound last visit there was a slight howl I greased the bearings this visit that howl is still there and it seems to be about the same but it could be a little bit worse it's hard to say so I want to get that that one bearing at least changed out ASAP and this is the bearing closest to the blower motor now because because the other bearing is kind of buried behind a lot of piping it'd be really really difficult to change that the bearing on the other side so we're gonna start by changing that bearing closest to the blower motor and see what kind of difference that makes and if we have to change the other one it's gonna be a task because we're gonna have to isolate the glycol we're gonna have to drain it we're gonna have to cut some piping away just to get access to that one bearing it's gonna be a task but you gotta do what you gotta do so we're gonna start with the one on the blower motor side and we'll, we'll go from there but that all has to be scheduled so basically that that was it guys we checked the cooling we checked the electrical and contactors belts filters the humidifier we didn't have to check we checked the reheats alright we checked the electrical the contactors wiring connections and the other thing that I forgot to mention was the water-cooled condenser alright inside this machine we want about 10 degrees across that thing 
Now I can feel the inline, the 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 inlet and the outlet of that machine, and I can tell you right now if it's got 10 degrees across it. HVAC six, six cents kicks in again, again, guys. The palm of your hands roughly 93 degrees. So if I feel the inlet and it feels about 10 degrees colder or cooler than my hand, I know I'm entering around 83 degrees, approximately 80, and that's what we want. If I feel the outlet and it's slightly warmer than my hand, then I know the outlet is warmer than 92, 93 degrees. And we want about 10 degrees across that thing, and that's what I'm getting, and I'm happy with that. HVAC six cents, it kicks in. All right, but that takes experience and time. So that, that was my maintenance for today. And I apologize for the wind tunnel earlier, but like I said, real life, real service, real HVAC guy on the roof. You guys have an awesome day. Happy HVACing.